All righty. Um, yeah, it definitely feels like a long week. It's been a long time since thir Tuesday. Um, so let's do a little review from last week. What do you guys remember and what like, is going to stick with you for the rest of your life about next week? I mean, about last week. <laughs> remember the plagues and then he's like, oh, okay, this is the last time. Like, if you come, like, we're going to be good. Yeah. Just betray. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then they, then he, like, send them off. Like, don't mm -hmm. come back. Yes. Leave. Yeah, he's like, never. Oh, they are. I thought you were a robber. No. If a robber came in, would he, like, ask them to join? Would you be afraid for you right now? like, do you want yeah. Oh yeah, chips and salsa tonight because oh, yeah. I forgot about the snack. So it we were like, like, "No, I did." No. Uh, I was like, I "Brooke's mom gave us like five bags of chips, so we have an abundance of chips." So it actually worked great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So enjoy the chips and salsa. Um, so yes, plagues from last week. Pharaoh is not ha doesn't have the greatest heart. He keeps going back and forth. He's using Moses um, to get to God and interceding on his behalf. What else do you guys remember from last week? Um, the like discussion about like the light and like the darkness mm -hmm. and how like dark it was, but like the Israel still had light. So like, why wouldn't like the mm -hmm. Egyptians just go over to the light? Yeah. So like maybe yeah. they were blind or huh. God's. I mean. God's power is greater than right. just, like, oh, let's go over to the light part um, that we can definitely see. Yeah. Yeah, God definitely can do things outside of natural, like, things. So who knows how he actually blinded them or, but. I just wonder, like, anybody, so we only have Pharaoh's perspective. Mm -hmm. Right? So I just wonder if any of the other Egyptians. <gasps> we're going to talk about that today. Like, were they wondering? going on like yeah. all these things are happening and it's not a, like they must have known right you know okay well then i'll be quiet no but that's a, that, that, <laughs> don't be quiet but that's a great like point because we're going to talk about that today which is so cool because well we'll talk about it but yeah so anyway last week the livestock died the boils came the hail rained down the locusts inflated and invaded inflated, inflated. And then darkness came over the land for three days, and they, it was so dark they couldn't even see in front of them. But the whole time, the people of God were separated from these plagues and protected, and the Hebrew people lived in the light, and the Egyptians lived in the darkness. And the main questions that I asked you guys were, where is your refuge? Because in the hail, those who sought refuge in the Lord were protected, but those who didn't died. Uh, where are your gods? All of, all of Egyptian, all the Egyptian gods failed the Egyptians. But God never failed the Israelites. And where is your hope? Light represents hope. So when the light was taken away from the Egyptians, they had no hope. But the Israelites lived in hope because they lived in the light. So those were the three questions from last week. And I encourage you to go and search your own heart and ask yourself those three questions. Um, so I hope that went well. And if you've got to do it, that's okay. Do it this week. Um, and just ask yourself those questions. Um, but this week is the last and final plague. Um, and this is the plague that is finally going to get Pharaoh to let the people go. It's going to be the last straw for Pharaoh. It's going to shatter his hard heart. And he's finally going to say, all you people, all your livestock, everything that you own, 
please leave. Get out of my, get out of my country. I surrender to God. Um, and it's going to be something that's going to really be hard. Like it's not what anyone would wish upon anybody, um, but it's what got Pharaoh to finally give in to what the Lord wanted. Um, so God tells Moses that judgment is coming. Um, to all the Egyptian firstborns, including their cattle. So God is going after all the firstborns, including the cattle of all the people. And no one will be spared from this judgment unless they do what, unless they do what God says. Um, and we have to remind ourselves here, especially before this plague, um, that God has been so merciful to all the people in Egypt, right? He has given them so much time, especially Pharaoh. He has given them time and time again to repent, and he's been so merciful to them. He could have just destroyed them in an instant. Um, in fact, to Pharaoh, he tells him, I could have destroyed you in an instant, Pharaoh, but I let you rise up to power, and I'm letting you keep your power for my glory. Um, you're actually nothing, but I'm just giving you power. It's not even yours to hold. So we have to remind ourselves that God was so merciful to the Egyptians. And this is when the judgment comes because God is also perfectly just. So he's perfectly merciful, per perfectly just. Um, and his mercy always triumphs over judgment. But if you reject the mercy, you're going to get the judgment. That's just how it works. Um, so God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And God didn't have to give Pharaoh a second try again and again and again and again. Um, so this is the last straw, and this is what's finally going to break down Pharaoh. Um, but just keep reminding yourself that God showed so much mercy. Um, God is merciful, and God is going to show his mercy even in this plague, even though it's going to kill many, many um, people. Um, God is still showing mercy to those who trust in him. Um, so God tells Moses um, all about the plague that he's going to send. Um, in chapter 11, it is the final plague is threatened. And starting in verse 4, Moses says, well, Moses said what the Lord says. And he says, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. There shall be such a great cry in the land of Egypt, such as there has never been and will ever be again. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, neither a man or a beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt, Egypt and Israel. And all these, your servants, shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, you and all your people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went from Pharaoh, and he went out from Pharaoh, he as in Moses, and he, and he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, that all my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Um, so I really want to focus in on verse 8. So God is telling Moses exactly what's going to happen. He's saying, I'm going to kill every firstborn um, in the land of Egypt. Um, and he's like, go tell Pharaoh this. Um, and Moses goes out to Pharaoh in hot anger. Does anyone else's version say anything different than fiercely angry? Fiercely angry. Yeah. Anyone else have anything different? Mine's hot with anger. Hot with anger. Yeah. Why do you think Moses left to tell, tell Pharaoh with so much anger in his heart? He's probably just like so angry that he's been trying to get through to like Pharaoh this entire time and he hasn't listened and like now he's like you had so many opportunities and now your like continued stubbornness is gonna like cause so many people to lose yeah. like the people that they love. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of what I was that was exactly what I was thinking too. He knows that Pharaoh won't listen. He knows that it's going to be Pharaoh's fault, basically, that all these firstborns die. Um, he's angry that Pharaoh is 
um, blinded by his own pride. Do you think Moses' anger is righteous anger here, or do you think it's mixed with sin? It's possible it could be mixed with sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that Moses did get, like, unrighteously angry before, yeah. like, later in the Bible, so I think it's possible. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I wonder if, like, and it's, like, impossible that everyone would be sinning. Hmm. And, like, the Lord's told him what's going to happen. But, like, I wonder if Moses still feels like he's to blame for some of it. Like, I think it's very fair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on me. So, like, maybe he's angry because, like, maybe that's some of some of that anger could be like, directed toward himself too. Yeah. And he's kind of like projecting on Pharaoh. Mm. Well, yeah. so, so verse 3 says Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials. And by mm. people. So the people in Egypt like him. Yeah. They're mm. a fan. And so he probably knows the kids that are going to die. Mm. And so, I mean, maybe he knows that they are questioning Pharaoh because, like, they don't have a voice in this. Right. Pharaoh is the leader. He's responsible for these decisions. Mm, yeah. So maybe he knows that his people want him to mm. to give in or not want to give in, but like, whatever. Right. Um, to listen to what the Lord's saying. And, I mean, if you knew the one thing that someone could do mm. to fix a whole country, and you said, hey, this is what you could do, and they said, absolutely not. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you knew that thousands of people would pay for it with their lives. Mm. Yeah. You'd be angry. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it is mixed with sin because we know that he is, you know, yeah. he's not always totally righteous. But I mean, maybe he's frustrated yeah. because he can't fix it. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely, like, obviously we can't read his mind. Sure. And But, like, that's so true, too. But we also know there's times where Moses is unrighteously angry. Yeah. So who knows? The Lord knows. Delaney, were you going to say something? Basically that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I just thought that line was so interesting that um, that Moses left the Lord's presence and went to go talk to Pharaoh, and he was steaming with anger. I was like, hmm. Um, so, yeah, the next chapter is all about the Passover. This is when it gets really interesting um, and really cool to really dig into why the Lord is having them do all the things that they're doing. Um, so I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 real fast. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of all months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if a household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old, You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Um, So this last plague is going to transform into a time of remembrance for all Hebrew people. So today, the Jewish people, which the Jewish people are from like Hebrew descent, they're the same people, they still celebrate the Passover. In fact, this is interesting, but when Elise and I were younger, our parents celebrated the Passover instead of, you remember this? We celebrated so, the Passover, at, or was it Hanukkah? I think it was Hanukkah. We celebrated Hanukkah, never mind. Wait, maybe it was <laughs> no, it was Hanukkah. Okay. It was Hanukkah. Yeah, but we celebrated like Hanukkah instead of Christmas just because we wanted to see what it was like, I we, guess. But, we might have celebrated Passover. Yeah, there's parts of Hanukkah that still like resemble, that oh. have like parts of the Passover, I guess, but... 
Anyway, God wanted them to remember. That's his whole point in this. He's like, I want you to remember that I saved you from Egypt, that I delivered you from suffering, that I'm a God of faithfulness and love and mercy, and I want you to remember it because you're going to forget unless you remember. And she wants my notes. You can't have them. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Are you a visual learner? You need the paper? (laughs) Um, So God instructs Moses that on the 10th day of the month, that each household is going to take a lamb, a perfect, spotless, one-year-old male lamb, and on the 14th day of the month, they're going to kill that lamb at twilight. Um, the Israelites needed a perfect sacrifice, right? They were, they were sinners. They made a lot of stupid mistakes, um, and God was going to save them from this, this judgment that he had on Israel, on, I mean, on, on Egypt, sorry. Um, and they needed a perfect sacrifice to stand in their place. And the killing of this animal was a reminder that all deserve judgment and all need a perfect sacrifice to stand in their place. Um, so that's why the sacrifice had to be unspotted, unblemished, um, and perfect. Um, so the Israelites were called then to place the blood of that sacrifice along their doorpost. So that, that blood defined their household. It said, I am, this is a house of God, basically. And, the, and God, when he came down, would pass over any houses covered in that blood. Um, does that sound familiar to you guys at all? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's supposed to, it's just this giant symbol, this amazing symbol of salvation, right? Which we'll talk about later. Um, but in verse 14, the Lord calls this day a memorial. So they're going to have a feast every single day, um, every single year on this day to remember what the Lord has done. Um, and there are specific instructions about this feast that the Lord wanted them to follow in order that they would remember it. Um, so what are some of the things that you guys see God commands them to do on this day? Um, verses 14 and through 20. No working? No working. Yeah, he didn't want them to work. Why do you think he didn't want them to work on this day? So we can truly remember and focus on Yeah. 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 Yeah, they needed to just rest. And which is crazy because... Put yourself in their shoes right now. They're pretty sure they're going to get out of Egypt any day now because God has told them that that's what's going to happen. So in my mind, I want to be prepared, right? I want to make enough food for my family. I want to put all my stuff together. I want to pack all my bags. I want to make sure that I'm ready to go. But God says, no, rest. Take this day and think about my faithfulness. Think about my goodness and just rest. Don't prepare. Just trust me, Um, which I think is so crazy and so good of God to do. Um, what else does God command them to do on this day? Bread without yeast. Mm-hmm. And remove the yeast from your house. Yes, don't even have I it in your house. Don't even like, totally. What's up with the yeast? Yeah. I never understood that. Yeah. What, why do we use yeast in bread? What does it do? It, it rises. And how, how long does it take to rise? A long time. A long time. So the yeast... The yeast being removed means that they didn't have to wait for the bread to rise. So it was just like a symbol of how fast they were going to depart from Egypt. So they didn't have time to let their bread rise. They just had to take their 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 little loaf that wasn't rising and just head out. Is that how pita bread was invented? I guess so. Pita bread is really good. Yeah. Does pita bread not have yeast in it? It's pretty flat, so I don't think so. It's unleavened. Yeah. So, G- uh, not Jesus. God, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> God wanted them to take the yeast out of, their ho- out of their houses, not bake with it, simply as a picture of how fast they were going to leave Egypt, that they needed to be ready at a moment's notice, they needed to not prepare, 
well, they needed to be prepared, but they would not need to prepare their meals and just be ready at a moment's notice. If it says that any, if you eat anything with yeast, you are cut off from Israel. Oh, like no yeast. Kicked out of the whole <laughs> community. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she fell. She fell. Just to uh, listening on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> we are a group that cheers when babies fall. Yeah. <laughs> she stopped crying. She's okay. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because like everyone else probably had yeast in their bread, so I think God is also making a statement of like you guys need to be super set apart. No yeast in your bread. Um, oh yeah. What What else does God tell them about this day? That was so tough. Hold a sacred assembly. Hold a sacred assembly. Yeah, so like gather and just remember and praise me. Literally the only thing they can do is prepare food. Yes. I have yeah. fucking cotton. Yeah. 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 And most of us are Gentiles, so we just don't. Um, and I, like, once Jesus came, he became the perfect sacrifice. And now we celebrate his death and resurrection. But that's a really good question. I don't really know the full answer to that. Yeah. Does anyone else have any idea on why we don't celebrate the Passover? You know, I guess it's because we're Gentiles. Yeah. Because Jewish people do celebrate it. Right. And yeah. that doesn't mean that we can't celebrate it. Like, I, hmm. my family has, like, a little... Seder plate or whatever, and we yeah. celebrate every once in a while. Not every bit of it tastes good, by the way. No, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not supposed to taste good. It's not supposed to taste good. No, um, but it doesn't mean that you can't celebrate it. Mm-hmm. I think so. It just says what for. So it's, uh, seventeen. It says celebrate this day as the last in order and ordinance <coughs> for the generations to come. So we're not technically in the generations hmm. that follow these yeah. people, but in other places in the Bible, Israel includes us. Right. You know. Yeah. So, probably because we're Gentiles, right? I mean, we can't participate. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's my guess. I have no idea. It could be wrong, but sounds good. My guess would be what you were saying just about Jesus becoming the perfect sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Because the Passover is about sacrifice. Right. So, So, like, now that we don't, we don't have to remember those, like, we already, all we have to do is remember Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And we do that through other methods, right? We do communion mm-hmm. and we celebrate Easter and we and we do all these things to remember Jesus, which is kind of exactly what they're doing here, just in a different way. Um but yeah, that's a really good question. Um in verse eleven we kinda of skipped over this, but um God told them to eat this meal with their belt fastened, the sandals on their feet, and the staff in their hand. So I'm just like picturing like you know, like belt fastened, stuff in hand, eating. You know, like it's, it's, it's like a weird. With all of your luggage on. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> it in yeah. yeah, basically, that's like what it would be like for us. Um, so the Lord is commanding them to do this because at any moment, any moment, God was going to free them from Egypt, and they need to be ready to sprint out the door, out of slavery, into freedom. Um, so, like, put yourself in their shoes. You've been in slavery. I think it was four hundred and thirty years they were in slavery to Egypt. Imagine being in slavery for that long. Your people have suffered. You've probably lost many family members to the, t- like the terrible things that have happened to you. And that night, this night, as you're eating your meal, you're thinking, tomorrow I am free. Like, what? 
that's amazing. These people are probably so excited um, because they know that the Lord is going to save them. They trust in him at this point. Um, so we too can have this excitement, right? Because Jesus is going to come back any moment. So we too, in a way, need to have our shoes fastened, our staff in hand, our belt buckled, whatever you want to think of it as, because Jesus could come at any moment. And are we ready? Like, what are you living like? Are you spreading the gospel? Are you talking about Jesus everywhere you go? Are you praying like there's no tomorrow? Because maybe there's not a tomorrow. We have to be so excited for our exodus from this earth, because this is their exodus out of Egypt. But the bigger, fuller picture is us actually leaving this earth and being forever with our Heavenly Father, which is going to be so awesome. Um, so yeah, kind of cool to think about. She's just sitting up to look at me. <laughs> Sorry. I'm You're good. Um, I'm trying. She's supposed to be eating and she keeps sitting up. She likes so eye contact. Um, another thing I skipped over accidentally is that they were told to eat bitter herbs. And this is also just a form of remembrance. And I remember this from doing the Passover. Um, we would eat like salty, salty parsley. Yes. You're good, Andrea. Um, salty, like parsley, salty herbs. And this was just to remind them of the bitterness that God had saved them from. So God told them, I want you to take time to remember how bitter your time in Egypt was. Um, and so for us, that means that we must take time to remember the bitterness that God saved us from and the slavery God saved us from. And it's not always easy to go back to our past and think, wow, God saved me from that. But why would God want us to go back to our past and to think of all the things that he saved us from? Why would that be glorifying to him? Because it shows how good he is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it shows how good he is, what he can do in our lives. Yeah, what else? Why would it be good to go back and think on the stuff that God has saved you from? Simply from a human perspective. We like proof. Mm-hmm. We like proof that it worked or proof that it's going to work. Yeah. And remembering where we were versus where we are mm-hmm. is remembering the proof. Yeah. Why it is. What's the purpose? And that's sort of it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps you. I mean, it's what Maddie said. It's remembering the Lord did for you. Yeah. But... Yeah. I think it's so amazing that the Lord works within human, mm. not just not. I don't know what's the word. Human lackingness. Yes. <laughs> the thing is that we, like, it's not good. We don't need to depend on proof for everything. Yeah. But even in that simple need of ours, mm. He provides. He provides. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool to think about. Can you repeat the wording of the question? Um, yes. Um, I'll just read the entire thing that I had written down. Um, it is good to remember the bitterness and death and old life that God saved us from, but it's not easy to always think back to that. Why would it be good to remember what we have been saved from? I think just along with what everybody else says, just showing like the goodness of God and mm-hmm. what he's done, but also to share with other people too. Yeah. To be that encouraging because we're all living testimonies. For sure. And who knows if one part of my past, it could be the best part or the worst part, mm. what that can do for another person. Yeah. Maybe that changes their whole mind about who God is. Mm. You know, yeah. and it puts them on the right path. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And that one part of your past, maybe be, it would be someone else's like, wow, I had no idea anyone else experienced that. Yeah. Or like, I could be a Christian and still like have done that in my past. Yeah. Like, or like I can't, like I can't believe he brought you through that. Mm, yeah, 
That's good. Are you gonna say something, Caitlin? Okay. The Israelites are also bad at remembering. Yeah, <laughs> they're, also just really they're pretty terrible. They're at really, really bad at it. <laughs> Sometimes I read. I'm in um. I'm in a what's it called Deuteronomy and Joshua. I've been yeah. reading at the same time, which is really interesting. But I just get so mad at them sometimes because I'm like, you stupid people. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like the first, the stories in like the first five books, I'm like, okay, like they don't really have a written law yet. Okay, mm-hmm. but after the first five, I'm like, get it together. Like yeah. you have the written Bible. What are your excuses? Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry, Jordan. laughs> generations ago that the Israelites were going to go through this. Yep. They knew it was coming and here it is, but now he doesn't want them to forget it later on. Yep. Because they're so bad at remembering things. They're so bad at remembering it. And so if they have, if they're forced to every year remember this awful, bitter, terrible 430 years, then that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They should remember it and they what should. God did to bring them out of it. For sure. Yeah, and they are very forgetful people, and we'll see that more and more. And if you've ever read through the Old Testament, you know. You know that these people are so stupid sometimes. So many problems could have been solved with their jobs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. this is how we are. Yes, it's exactly how we are. Um, another thing that I was thinking about when it comes to like thinking back to the things that God has saved us from, I the first thing that came to my mind was looking back and remembering the bitterness that God has saved you from makes you never want to go back there again. Because yeah. I think sometimes if you don't remember how bad it was and how good God is, it can be tempting to kind of slip back into old ways, old habits, and slip back into that life that God had saved you from. Um, so how do we remember that? Hmm. Because you're not going to be like partially soaked in salt water every few days to remember <laughs> how much you sucked when you were Maybe you should. 17. Like, salt water cleanse every morning. <laughs> it's really bad for you. Don't do it. Don't do is it. Is it really? Yeah. Salt water dehydrates your whole oh. inside. Yeah. Don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone, okay. like, is in the hospital from dehydration. Brian Brian told me. <laughs> she didn't tell us. It it's helpful and effective in certain situations, but don't do it every day. Yeah, that is like, a good how question. How are we supposed to remember that, you know? Mm. Like, the Lord's not going to come down and say, Andrea, these are the things you need to do to remember your sinful self. <laughs> He's yeah. not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? How to remember? Well, I think, like, we're Christians and we're saved and, like, we have, like, that sort of, like, connection with God and, like, that relationship with him. But, um, like, we also still do sin. So maybe, like, it's that kind of ping of, like, conviction that we get is that bitterness. Yeah. Sort of. But then after that, like, ping of conviction, we get, like, the love and acceptance of God and, like, the sanctification. Like, how you like to say about how, like, we can, like, grow past that and, like, kind of move on from that. So at least for me, that's it. Like, whenever, yeah. like, I struggle with the sin that I've been dealing with for a long time, I kind of, I am brought back to God's perfection and, like, to that relationship mm-hmm. and to, like, what he already sees of me yeah. based on Jesus' death. Mm-hmm. And then I can move on with his strength through that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Any other ideas? How do we remember since we don't do the Passover? We will hit it at the end again, so 
think about how you want to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was a good question. Oh, man. It was so good. But now it just gives time for people to think. Um, all right, verses 21 through 28. I'll read those real fast for us. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select the lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of, of hyssop and dip it into the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel to the two doorposts with the blood that is on the basin. None of you shall go out the door of your house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. The Egyptians, when he sees the blood on the, on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer, destroyer to enter your house to strike you. You shall observe this right a statue for you and your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, why do you mean, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Um, so the blood over the doorpost was a marking. Um, it divided those who trusted in God and who didn't trust in God. Um, so the Egyptians who did not trust in God did not put the blood over their doorpost, but the Hebrew people who did trust in God put the blood on their doorpost. So it's just this dividing factor that when God looked over the land of Egypt, he knew who was his, who were his people and who were not his people. Yeah. Do you think that this was like an opportunity for like the Egyptians who did believe, like for beginning to believe in God for them to mm-hmm. like, like if they put blood on their door, like yeah. what would happen? Yeah. Like, do you think like God spared any of them who like through all this decided that they did believe in him? Yeah. I do think that because we'll look in a few like minutes here, but when they exit out of Egypt, it says that there's a mixed multitude that goes with them and that's made up of like Egyptians and sojourners. And so I really do think that there are some Egyptians that were like, I'm saying goodbye to this life. I'm putting the blood of the lamb over my doorpost. So I don't know. I think, I think so. I don't think it says it straight up, but I do think there's a good possibility. Yeah. So then did all this stuff, because all this, like Moses little traps of Pharaoh to work it around all these instructions or something? Yeah, I think um they had like ten days until they had to until they had to get the lamb and then they had another four days until they had to kill it. So I think in those ten days it was just like mass communication. And they held two assemblies too, one on the first day and one on the fourteenth day. So I think that just everyone, word of mouth, heard it. And word spreads fast. Um so yeah, the, the perfect sacrifice covered them. And so God didn't see their sin. He saw the blood of the lamb upon their doorpost and he passed over them. Um, and so a good thing to remember is that God did not save the Israelites because they are good people, that they proved their worth, that they did so many good things and they love the Lord so well and they're so kind and awesome and have great hair or whatever. God didn't save them because they're great. He saved them because the blood of the lamb was on their doorpost. That was it. That was, that was the final thing. They had the faith to trust that what God's word said was true and that they were going to put that blood over their doorpost and that was going to be enough. And so God did not save them because they were good. God saved them because of the blood of the lamb. Um, and this is salvation, right? We have the blood of Christ over our personal doorposts. And it's not because we are good, it's because the blood of the lamb who was slain for us was perfect and holy. And when we have the and we when we have faith and we put our trust in Jesus, that blood covers us. And Jesus and God no longer sees our sin. 
he passes over us in judgment and he sees Jesus. And that's how we're able to have this wonderful relationship with God where we can talk to him and pray to him and he works in our lives. It's not because we are good, it's because Jesus is good good to the most perfect degree. Um, so this is a beautiful picture of the gospel. It's just a small reflection of what we have in Christ. Um, so when we think of the Passover as just a reflection of the gospel, it makes the, what we're living in now so much sweeter because we don't have to go out and kill a lamb and put it over our door, doorpost. All we have to do is bow our knee before Jesus and say, Lord, I am a sinner and I receive you as my savior and I give my life to you. That's it. And then the blood over your doorpost is done. You are going to be in heaven forever with a God who loves you enough to die for you. Um, and it's the most beautiful, wonderful thing of all, and it gives you so much hope and life and freedom when you truly live in it and you believe it every single day. Um, so obviously today we don't have to kill lambs anymore or do any sacrifices because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. So what made Jesus the perfect and only sacrifice? He was sinless. Why was he sinless? Because he was God. Because he was God. He was God in flesh, and only God himself could save his own people from their sin. Um, and I just keep thinking about this. I think when you remind yourself of the gospel every day, it just, like, works on your heart a little bit. Um, so God, Jesus was God in the flesh. And so thinking about God, who was holy and mighty, sitting on his throne, who humbled himself um, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, um, and he came to earth and died for us, that changes everything, right? Because we are these sinners who can't even love him first, but he chooses to love us anyway, and he dies for us. Um, he did not deserve to die. We deserve to die. But instead, he dies, he covers us with his blood, and, he, and then God passes over us with his judgment. Um, and so it's just like this wonderful thing, and I really encourage you guys to remind yourself of the gospel daily because we are forgetful people. We are just like the Israelites. I read through the Old Testament, I get so mad at them, but then I flip it back to myself and I get so mad at me because I'm forgetful. I forget every day. Um, I forget all the time. And so we have to remind ourselves of the gospel. Literally get up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror, and tell yourself the gospel because you'll forget it if you don't. Like, do it every day like your life depends on it because you're going to forget. You're just like, we're all going to forget. We have to remind ourselves of it. Um, and praise God that we no longer live in the old covenant, but we live in this new covenant. And we're going to spend forever with him. Um, so how, for you guys, how does seeing the Passover as a reflection of the gospel, um, how does that help you trust that Jesus is actually real? Does that question make sense? How does seeing the Passover as a reflection of Jesus help you trust that Jesus is real? Does that question make sense? It's like when we don't have to do that Passover again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having to worry, oh, is he going to come to my house? So yeah. Like, like, almost like the unknown. That's what I was thinking. Like, unknown of what's going to happen. And now we know that we can do this. Hmm. Without, I mean, we don't know everything, but we still can just trust. Hmm. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to live in fear. Yeah. Lay in our bed every night and be like, oh, is that, am I going to, yeah. 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 So this is supposed to be such, it's, it's a very, very close symbol, almost exactly the same mm-hmm. as what Jesus did, and it worked. Yeah. It did exactly what it was supposed to. Mm. So it follows the rule of symbols, right, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever Jesus did worked. Mm. It was exactly what it was supposed to. He was this blameless lamb who was perfect. Yeah. Right? 
and whatever he did on the cross worked. Hmm. Yep. This worked. Yep. Yeah. He's proven himself over and over again that it works. All throughout the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all we have to do is just trust. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's so cool that literally thousands and thousands of years before Jesus came and died on the cross and was like the exact same thing like you said is like the Passover this happened and God said this is part of my greater plan like okay like of course Jesus is real if this all lines up like it has to be real um, I think that just helps you strengthen your faith a little bit more well, and little bits of that story are all over the mm, Bible like yeah. even Abraham and Isaac right they're Isaac like a father leads his son up the hill. Mm-hmm. Isaac is the son. He's carrying the wood on his back. Jesus carried the cross on his back. Mm-hmm. Right? And Abraham is saying, God Himself will provide the sacrifice. God provides the, you know, all the things that you get. Like this little picture is all over the place. Yeah. There are little parts of it everywhere, and this is just the biggest, closest one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what it was. It's everywhere. That's why I love the Old Testament so much because it's it's just like a reflection of the gospel. So study the Old Testament. <laughs> um, so in verses thirty nine, in verses twenty nine through thirty two, we see that what God said was true. That there was a great cry in Egypt because all the firstborns had died. Um, there was a lot of pain and grief, and this is where Pharaoh breaks because Pharaoh had a son, right? And his son passed, and that was that was what it took for him to break and let the people go and up to this point he's always like he said oh uh let your men go but we're gonna keep the women or um let you can let the people go but we're gonna keep your cattle um and like that's not what god said he said let my people go and all the cattle and all the people and no matter what who they are let them go um so at this point he's saying everything everyone get out of here basically um and so we see in verses 22 and 25 that this is fast they left super quick um, it's the moment that they've been waiting for, and it's this, the Passover was preparing them for it, and now they're, like, sprinting out the door. Um, and God even allowed the Israelites to take the Egyptians' gold and their wealth. So they plundered the Egyptians, they took all their stuff, and the Egyptians did nothing. They literally, like, gave it to them. They're like, please, take my stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, they're like, get out, get your God away from this land, you know? Like, they were, like, so desperate that they just gave them everything they could. Um, so picture this in your mind. There's two million people exiting out of this land because there's two million million Israelites and the Egyptian army, the Egyptian people are doing nothing. They're just standing there watching them leave. And two million people are exiting out of this land. Um, And so the people that that beat them, that put them in slavery, that harmed them, that made their lives miserable are standing to the side doing nothing as they exit the land that has held them captive for so long. Um, And just picturing that in my mind just like gives me chills. Like... Two million people. I've never seen two million people at once, but that would be an amazing sight to see, two million people leaving at the same time. Um, And verse 38 is what I was talking about before, this question of were there Israelites that turned to um, the Lord? And the answer is yes. Uh, Verse 38 says, A mixed multitude also went with them, and very much livestock with flocks and herds. So this mixed multitude included probably Egyptians and sojourners. And sojourners were just people that would like travel from place to place and kind of pitch their tents wherever. And so sometimes like a sojourner would stay with a Hebrew family. And if that's if that sojourner stayed with a Hebrew family, there's a good chance they put their faith in God. Um, and so they would stay and they exited with the with the Israelites. Um, so how cool is that? That God allowed the mixed multitude to leave and they became part of God's people. Um, 
kind of cool. It's a picture of how we as Gentiles are allowed to be part of God's family as well. Um, so immediate obedience was necessary. There was no time to make more food, to make more provisions. They were told to just leave and go and trust that God was going to was going to make everything come together for them. Um, so, yeah, and they, they did have time, like, like uh, Andrea said, to prepare food, but they were told that they should leave and not wait for their bread to leaven. Um, so this just shows that God wanted them to leave without knowing that every, they were going to have everything that they were going to need. Um, he wanted them to trust them. Um, so Passover became and still is this, this time of remembrance for the people of Israel. Um, the Jewish people today still celebrate, like I said, um, and they, they celebrate it every year um, for these people because they're forgetful, and we are forgetful too. And just like um, Andrea asked us before, um, we need things that get us to remember. So thinking back on that question, um, what are things that we can do right now to help us remember what God has done for us and remember who he is? How can we make a habit of remembering in our lives? Would you say, like, memorizing verses? Ooh, yes. That's a good one. Good car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, memorizing verses. Why is memorizing verses a good way to remember? It's hard to memorize. Because it's his word. Mm. Like, it's his truth, his word. Yeah. Yeah, put it in our hearts. Yeah. What are ways that, like, if you guys have a habit of remembering, what are those habits for you? I put things in my car a lot, so I write mm. things on, like, post-it notes or on a piece of paper. And yeah. I stick it on my dash. Safely. I do this safely. And it's not like I'm driving on the interstate. I'm, like, looking at my dash <laughs> reading instead of looking at the road. No. But, <laughs> like, I'll put, I'll just put, like, write things down and put it on there. And like, if I'm at a stoplight, yeah. or if I'm in traffic, then I'll, like, go and stop and write it. Yeah, that's good. I like how you made sure we all knew you were safe. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I'm safe when I do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please remember safely. Um, I think reading through just the stories in the Bible Yeah. It's a good way to remember because everything that could happen in life happens in the Bible. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a story of all of it. So you see yourself reflected, the good things and the bad things reflected mm-hmm. all over the Bible. And so, you know, if you're reading a story about the Israelites again and again and again, and they're supposed to follow this instruction, mm-hmm. then you remember, huh, how many times did I not listen to my parents and mm-hmm. God you know, took that situation? Or how many times did I not listen to God and he mm-hmm. took over that situation? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It makes you humble yourself a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Um, one of the things that came to my mind was um, to celebrate things. So, like, if there is a date, like, say you struggle with a sin, and there is a date that you, like, gave up that sin or gave it to the Lord or repented of it, and, like, it comes around the next year and you, it's been one year without that sin, celebrate that day. Have a party that day. Like, celebrate it and remember what the Lord has done in your life that year to free you from that sin. Um, or like if God saved you, like when, like if you remember the day that you were saved for me, I don't remember. Cause I feel like it was kind of like a progression. Like it was like over several months that it happened. But if you remember the day that like everything changed for you, like celebrate that day, have a party that day, you know, like do what the Israelites did where they had the Passover and celebrate it for yourself 
and invite me. And all <laughs> 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 I, so I also think that it could go the other way too. If there's something really hard that happens yeah. that the Lord does. Like I remember all of the days, like every day through the progression of losing this baby. And mm. like not this baby, sorry. Oh, not this one. <laughs> the last one. Um, but like remembering what the Lord did through all of that, you know? So yeah. I, I think it's really, really good to celebrate good days, but I think it's also if we have a date that's like somebody passed away and yeah. something really hard happened or this is the day I started this sin or mm. whatever. And we right. remember what the Lord finished in that story. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, remember the bad days and the good days. Maybe don't celebrate, but that's No, yeah. Your heart posture should be different on that day. Sure, but sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Any other ideas? How can we ha- make a habit of remembering? I think we can ask God to help us remember. Yeah. I know I'm somebody who really struggles with, like, I, like, reading God's word, like, I, I, I used to struggle with that a lot, and then I was like, God, I can't do it on my own, like, I, I've tried all these things, I just can't do it, so I just kept on praying to him, and then eventually, like, he, he showed himself, yeah. like, he's the God over emotions and motivations, he can huh. do it, if, I mean, he's God, so. Yeah. Oh, I love the way you said that, he's the God of emotions. over emotions, and how did you say it? You motivations. Said it. That's good. Yeah, everyone write it down. <laughs> write it down, write it down. <laughs> yeah, and I, I said it before, but like preach the gospel to yourself every day. Get up and just say it because you'll forget it. Yeah, there's some good I've been saying the Lord's Prayer every morning. Oh, yeah. Ever since I've done it, I know. Yeah. And then it's just like I wake up and I'm like, okay. And I open up the blinds and I'm like, okay, I'm now. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I like the in depth of it. Yeah. I, I think more and more, and I think that's what wakes me up. Because I just lay there and I'm like, okay, it's 6.50 in the morning. Have you memorized it? Lord's Prayer. Uh-huh. Our Father who art in heaven. I was Catholic. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 I started and I was like, I was forget you will not forget so do whatever it takes to remember that the lord is the god and that he's worked in your life um and do whatever it takes um so this week this next week um 
for the next part of this. Um, we're going to read 13 through 15. Actually, no. Just 13 and 14. I'm sorry. 13 and 14. And uh, you should read it. And pray throughout the time that you're reading it that God would amaze you with his power. So just pray that prayer. Read it. Pray that prayer again. Read it again if that's what it takes. Um, and also, just another question to ask yourself is, do you really believe God is as powerful as he demonstrates in this story? Um, and if you really did believe it, how would that change your life? That question makes sense? Are you just answer that right now? No. Okay. what's the question? Um, well, do you really believe God is as powerful as he shows himself in these stories? And if you did, how would that change your life? Um, before we close out, any questions, confusing parts, things that you wanted to say about these two chapters? So how long did the Passover last? Was it just one day? I mean, okay, so like they prepared for it, but like when mm-hmm. it was actually there, yeah. it was only a night. It happened at night, they left in the morning. That's, that's when they were leaving. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then up to like that night is yeah. when they prepared so for like those 14 days. 14 days. So is it 14 or is it 21? Um, I thought it was 14. Maybe I read so it wrong. So do they leave on the 14th and they're supposed to continue eating that way through the 21? Because in uh, 12, 18. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. So they're just supposed to. Yeah, because I think it did oh, yeah. last 21 days, and they had a... They took food with them, so they're just supposed to continue doing that yeah, for a long week after. I think so. Okay. Yep. Cool. Thank you. Any other questions, comments, concerns of heresy? Concerns of heresy? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question to ask. Yeah. What is heresy? Um, incorrect teaching of the Bible. You didn't get <laughs> <laughs> If you ever think that I'm not, you should let me know. But, all right, cool. I'll pray for us, and then we'll do prayer requests. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you um, for Tuesday nights. Thank you for being a God who um, gives us the opportunity to study the Word together. And thank you for being a God who gives us ways to remember that you give us these awesome stories that really did happen um, for us to remember and to lean into and to just um, write on our hearts. And Lord, thank you um, that you're a God who is merciful, that you give us a way out of judgment, that you sent your son to die for us, and that anyone who places their faith in Jesus will be saved. And I just pray that all of us would focus so much on your mercy that we would be amazed by your mercy and your grace, um, that we would be so amazed that we were saved from the judgment um, and that we would just be led to love you and worship you forever. Um, help us not forget, Lord. We are so forgetful. Um, help us each find our own ways to remember you, to remember the gospel, to remember the bitterness that we are saved from. Um, and Lord, would you just work in each and every one of our hearts, um, just soften them and make them moldable and help us just love you more, Lord. And in your name we pray. Amen.